The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the web. Welcome to Privacy Piracy. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's a local attorney and certified information privacy professional. She's the author of several books, including Safeguard Your Identity, From Victim to Victor, and The Complete Idiot's Guide to Recovering from Identity Theft. She's testified many times in Congress and the California Legislature on privacy and identity theft issues. And you may have seen her on Dateline, 48 Hours, CNN, NBC, ABC, O'Reilly Factor, and many other shows, including her own 90-minute PBS television special, Protecting Yourself in the Information Age. To learn more about this radio show and our great guests, please visit KUCI.org slash Privacy Piracy. Hey, Mari, what's our show about today? Well, today our show is about background checks. And in this kind of environment that we're all living in, people are worried about hiring criminals. They're worried about hiring terrorists. They're, they're worried about all sorts of things, and, and rightly so. They don't want to get sued as an employer. But also, we have to worry about those of us who are actually getting our own background checks. What do we need to do? What do we need to know about? And we have a wonderful guest here with us today. Les Rosen is an attorney and president of Employment Screening Resources. You can find out a lot more about it at esrcheck.com. That's C-H-E-C-K dot com. And he is actually the president of this national background screening company in California. And he is one of the background check companies that is really ethical. And this is why I'm so happy to have him on the phone, because there are many of them out there that you can just type in on the Internet background check and you'll find fraudsters. You'll find all sorts of things. At least I know that this is a safe one and this is a great one. Let me tell you a little bit more about Les. He is the author of the Safe Hiring Manual, which I have right in front of me. It's fantastic. The subtitle is The Complete Guide to Keeping Criminals, Terrorists, and Imposters Out of Your Workplace, which all of us are concerned about, and me, especially as an employer myself. He also has a new book called The Safe Hiring Audit, and this helps you to know how to do your own personal audit and know what you're doing when you're hiring someone else. He's also a consultant, a writer, frequent presenter uh, nationwide on pre-employment screening and safe hiring practices, and he is qualified and testified in the California, Florida, and Arkansas Superior Courts as an expert witness on these kinds of issues. And he does speaking appearances. You're going to love his voice. He has a great voice. And he also has been chairperson of the steering committee that founded the National Association of Professional Background Screeners. And he was and still, still is, um, the, he was the first co-chairman in 2004, and he's still a member. So without further ado, I'm so thrilled that you joined us from Northern California. Thanks, Les, for joining us. Amari, thank you very much. I'm very pleased to be here. So first of all, let's talk. This is a great manual, by the way. I love it, and I have it, and I refer to it quite often. So tell me something. Um, how is it that you came about to write this book? At the time I wrote that book in 2004, uh, there had really been nothing written uh, substantially about the whole area of safe hiring, 
background screening uh, and the various tools that are involved um, is, is a very complicated subject. There's many layers. You, there's a number of perspectives. There's background check from the perspective of an employer, uh, from an employee, from the viewpoint of an HR professional and security professional. And uh, that information never really been gathered and put in one place. And so our goal was to write uh, what uh, turned out to be the first uh, authoritative book on the subject of background checking and background screening to help the various people involved in that area, uh, consumers and employers, uh, to give them some guidance as to what was available, what the law said, what tools they had available, and, and some of the uh, many issues that uh, are involved in this uh, complex and, and highly legally regulated area. Right. Now, we're also, you have this new book, Your Audit. Now, how, how is that different and what is that all about? The uh, Safe Hiring Audit uh, is a book designed primarily for small businesses or human resources professionals that, in any size firm, and security professionals to uh, do an evaluation of their hiring program from the aspects of due diligence, legal compliance, uh, a number of tools that are part of any good hiring program, as well as evaluating the background checking process. And it's a way to take this body of knowledge and to put it to use in a practical way and to evaluate yourself. So we provide 25 uh, basic questions. We ask people to evaluate themselves, giving themselves an A, B, C, D, or F, where they can score points, and uh, we then explain uh, what you would have to do to score an A for, for various uh, aspects of the audit. And by the time someone's done, they have a pretty good picture of uh, the legal compliance involved and in the, uh, the degree of risk management and due diligence they're exercising across their, their hiring programs. And, and of course, I do uh, want to tell people that this is an educational tool. You uh, certainly don't want to create a document uh, that might later be used uh, in a court case. And, and of course, you can always do the audit in conjunction with your attorney, so you're protected by attorney-client privilege or work product privilege. But it's basically an educational tool, and it's a much shorter version of the Safe Hiring Manual for for those that that are busily engaged every day in the many, many things that are done in running a business, uh, practicing even resources. Uh, this this uh, is a, a tool that helps you uh, put that area, the whole area of hiring and due diligence, to bed uh, by knowing how you stand. You know, less a lot of people are are looking at doing background checks for more than just, you know, hiring. They're, they're thinking about even in the home, for example, hiring a nanny. Well, that's hiring, but, you know, it's different. Even even people who are looking just to hire somebody as perhaps an intern, here we are sitting at the University of California, Irvine. And so people are thinking about, well, gee, you know, should I should I do a background check what what should employers be thinking about? You know, we're sitting here on the campus, but we're also in Irvine and Newport. They're driving by and they can hear us. What kinds of things should employers be thinking about in terms of doing background checks? Well, the, the, the first thing you want to think about as an employer is to make sure that whatever you're doing, you are in legal compliance, and that's rule one. Legal compliance means that you're in compliance with a federal and state law. The federal law is called the Fair Credit Reporting Act, and that's a law designed to strike a good balance between those employers that need information and consumers that are concerned with privacy and accuracy to make sure that they're fairly treated. There's also 
Uh, here we are in the state of California, and of course, California has a, n- a number of laws of its own, and you need to be concerned about discrimination and privacy. So those are the, the first thing is to make sure wherever you do some legal compliance. And then the second thing is to take a look at your hiring program and, and ask yourself, what can we do to manage the risk of a bad hire? And, and we do know from experience that if you do hire a, a person who's unqualified, dishonest, uh, unsuited, uh, or dangerous, uh, at some point an employer um, may very well find themselves in court or the victim of workplace violence or fraud or embezzlement. And the walkaway point uh, is that we know scientifically as well as just from our understanding of the world that there's really no way just to interview someone and just size them up and decide, well, that's a good applicant or that's a bad applicant. I spent many years as a criminal attorney, and I can tell you that uh, many of the, uh, the folks that I worked with, either as a defense attorney or prosecutor, uh, could tell a great story, and you would never know they're lying. Whereas a person who's looking for their first job or has been out of work might be nervous and may not come across as well. So, so basically, as that old political phrase used to say from the 1980s, you want to trust but verify and so as an employer, you, it, it's always a, keeping in mind that everyone you hire is not only an asset but a potential risk uh, in, in terms of what they do with the public, in terms of your obligation to exercise due diligence in hiring. Uh, you may want to look at taking uh, common sense uh, steps uh, as part of the hiring program. Some of these things have to do with the process of, of, the, of a proper application, good interview questions, calling past employers, and, and then when they get through that part, if you actually do the background check, you want to take a look at those tools that make some sense for your business. It's risk management. Obviously, uh, you don't want to spend a fortune if you're hiring an intern, but a basic criminal record check might be appropriate. So you're looking at doing an appropriate amount of checking uh, you know, for the position, for the risk involved, and you're also looking at taking a look at those in-house processes that really cost you nothing. Uh, that provide uh, a great deal of due diligence as well. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of people might not know what we really mean by a background check. You talked about a criminal background check. Some of them may think that we're talking about uh, just a credit check going through the credit bureaus, and we have a new law that's going into that just came into effect in January of 2012, dealing with the fact that when you get a credit report, you have to limit. Um, you're not you're not le- allowed to use a credit report like they were back in 2011. They have now to um, they they can only use a background check with a credit report if the person is going to have some access to sensitive data, financial data. They pretty much have to prove why they're going to do it. Isn't that correct? Absolutely right, and and that's a great point, Mari. Um, the term background check is a bit of a misnomer. A background check is uh, could be anywhere from doing a, a one-county criminal check or maybe surfing the web, which has its own problems, all the way to spending thousands of dollars. So there's no one term uh, as to what a background check means. Uh, it means lots of things. Uh, it can mean looking at criminal records, a driving record, uh, verifying past employment. Did the person really graduate from the school they said they graduated from? Are they on some sort of federal or state sanctions list? So there's a number of moving parts. And a, a credit report, uh, at times, if an employer can, can justify a need for a credit report, is simply another element of the background check. But credit reports are a little different than the other tools. The, where you worked, where you went to school, if you have a criminal record, 
Those are all things that are done in the public eye. A credit report is a little more sensitive. It starts to invade a zone of privacy. It might uh, tell someone if you buy your shoes at Nordstrom's versus Payless. So there's a sensitive uh, information about that. And now California has joined six other states, so there are seven states in total now, uh, that addresses the issue of credit reports and, and places a, a higher uh, burden or a, a responsibility on an employer before getting a credit report. The uh, California solution, AB 22, which goes into law, as you mentioned, on, on, is now in law, in fact, now uh, effective date of January 1st, uh, 2012. What that law now requires an employer in California to do is two things. Number one is to identify if a person falls in the, under the statutory definition of, of those people that, where you can do a credit report. And number two, you have to give the applicant notice uh, that you're doing a credit report. Uh, our firm has always taken the position with credit reports that they're very sensitive. They are subject to some error and confusion. Uh, a credit report, I should add, does not have a credit score. It's kind of a misnomer. Uh, it's one of those urban myths that employers are pulling your FICO score. It's definitely not in the, the employment version of the credit report. But there's still enough information in there where we advise employers uh, not to even consider a credit report unless you can really articulate some rational nexus or connection between the job and what the credit report might tell you number one, and the number two, to take the credit report with a bit of a grain of salt uh, because things can happen. It could be that a person has run up some debt because they use their credit card to pay for a child's medical bills. It has nothing to do with their suitability for employment. So it, we do say to be careful. On the other hand, if you're an employer and you hire a, a bookkeeper who embezzles and a credit report would have revealed uh, the financial red flags, then you'd feel pretty silly that you didn't use an available tool. So like anything else, you're, you're, you're balancing competing interests. There's an, uh, when it comes to credit reports, there's an interest in privacy and versus the interest in security. And that's the line that's always being drawn in this particular area. But uh, definitely, yes, there are now seven states, including California, that do restrict the use of credit reports in order to ensure that applicants are on notice uh, as to why you're getting it and to ensure that there's a relationship between the job and the credit report. Right, especially with this economy. There's a lot of people whose credit scores have fallen down or they've gotten divorced or, like you said, there's been some health issues that have caused these problems. So that makes a lot of sense what you're saying. Yeah, and, and again, keep in mind that uh, there's a difference between a credit score and a credit report. So the, the, the employment credit report, uh, which does not have, for example, a person's age because there could be age discrimination. It does not have the actual credit score because there's no correlation between a credit score and the ability to do the job. Uh, it also doesn't it also doesn't count against your credit score as an inquiry. So there's some some differences between an employment credit report and a regular credit report. The, the other fallacy that people have about credit reports is somehow employers are running those at the beginning of the process, so people are being eliminated unfairly, and, and that's one of those urban myths that people should not uh, suffer under because. The way it works is that an employer, if they're going to pull a credit report for employment purposes as part of a background check, that's really done at the end of the process. Keep in mind that employers don't spend money needlessly, but an employer is only going to do a background check after they're at the point where you're either the final candidate or, or one of the final candidates. So the fact that there's a background check is usually good news. That means the employer really wants you. 
Right. And, and they're not going to do it without your, your written permission anyway. And that's a great point, too. Mm-hmm. Under federal law, the one I mentioned, the Fair Credit Reporting Act, you are absolutely entitled to, number one, a disclosure as to what the employer is doing. You have to give consent. Uh, many state laws, including California, have similar requirements. So these background checks that are done, they're not secret. They're not undercover. They're not surprise. Uh, you have a right uh, an absolute right. Uh, in fact, in California, you've, since 2002, you've had the right to check a box that said, I want a copy of my background check, and you're entitled to it just because it's about you. It's, you're entitled to it. There's no secrets. And it's, it's a good thing to do, to check that box and to find out uh, what the public records and what past employers and schools are saying about you. So everything is completely above board, and uh, applicants have a great deal of rights. Uh, when it comes to these background checks. Even if there's something negative or adverse or something you think is incomplete or incorrect, if the employer plans on using that as the basis to not hire you or not retain you or not promote you, you have an absolute right to look at it and say, there's something wrong there. That wasn't me. Perhaps uh, you're the victim of ID theft and someone committed a crime in your name or some court has not updated some records or some records are associated with you uh, but they actually belong to someone else who, who shares your name, or some employer made a mistake, or some school had you under a different name. So these it doesn't happen all that often, uh, but but the background check the background checking firms such as ours, uh, our number one concern is accuracy. And so if there's a background report that's done, and uh, a, a consumer or job applicant feels there's anything about that that's not completely accurate. Uh, you should definitely bring that to the attention of the background firm. And the background firm has a statutory obligation. By law, they must reinvestigate within 30 days, sometimes 45, but no longer, and get to the bottom of it and then let you know what they did, what the investigation showed, what changes were made, and so forth. So, so as a consumer, it pays to be proactive and to understand that you have a great deal of rights in this whole process. Yeah, and it's so very important for you to check that box and get a copy because sometimes if you don't do that, you might not realize that you are a victim of, of identity theft and you might not even realize that there is a problem with your name and somebody else's name. And so it's so critical to do that. Now, can someone through your company, for example, get a pre-employment background check themselves? Can they can they get it themselves and look at it ahead of time so they know what's on there in case they're worried about a, a previous ID theft or a previous uh, name, uh, you know, where there's been some kind of a mixture of like a merged file or something? Can they do that? Absolutely. And uh, we offer a service that we happen to call myesrcheck.com. Other firms offer similar services. You're certainly uh, entitled to go on the Internet and, uh, and use a service such as ours, and you'll have a pretty good idea of what an employer might find. And you can also use that report proactively as you go, if you're looking for a job, to get a seal that shows that you've subjected yourself to your own background report. Uh, and and that might help get you a little get you a little higher in that stack of resumes, because if an employer sees that you're a verified candidate, they might uh, uh, look at it a little more closely. But certainly, if you want to uh, preempt any any problems, you you can certainly do your own background check. Uh, it's not required. Uh, it, for some people, it might be a financial hardship. Uh, on the other, if if you don't do that and you uh, are the subject of a background report and something comes up and the employer decides not to hire you, by law, the employer has to give you a notice of pre-adverse action, 
which means that the employer has to give you the report and also a statement of your rights that's been prepared by the Federal Trade Commission. And also they'll, they'll, you'll, they'll point you to the background check firm and, and ask you to contact them to clear things up. So there's a number of great avenues that are open to consumers. The, the one you mentioned, Mari, which is do your own report, or there's the avenue of contesting a report, but, but certainly you want to uh, uh, be proactive and, and protect uh, your integrity and your reputation and to make sure there are no mistakes or misunderstandings and that, uh, that you're par- properly represented in, in, as you go through your job search. Right. And, you know, a lot of people don't even think about the fact that employers may be looking at their Facebook account or at some other social media account. Let's talk a little bit about that, because that's that's a huge issue now. We're sitting here on the campus and everybody and their brother is using Facebook and they need to know about what are the what 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 are the things that are happening with employers looking at the social media? We, We know that it's being done. And let's talk about the legal ramifications of that. Well, that's a great question. We actually counsel employers to be extremely careful about looking at the Internet, looking at Facebook or, or running a, a search or, or doing looking at a person's cyber identity for a number of reasons. Uh, our concern, first of all, we, we call it TMI, too much information. <laughs> if an employer looks online and they see information that reveals your, your race, your age, your ethnicity, your nationality, country of origin, your medical condition, uh, whether you're married or not married, uh, all of these things that are, uh, are illegal for an employer to consider that are discriminatory, that are not valid particulars of job performance, employers might see those. Right. And the problem from the employer's point of view is that the employer doesn't want to be sued for failure to hire. Um, now, and there are still, of course, privacy implications. There's been, um, there's been some cases... In, in adjoining areas, there's not, to my knowledge, been a case on point for pre-employment uh, when it comes to privacy. But there's a strong argument to be made that when people go on Facebook or other social network sites, uh, they have a reasonable expectation of privacy because generally accepted community norms means you don't poke your nose in other people's business, not to mention the fact that Facebook itself, under its terms of use, say it's not for commercial use. So. Uh, although it's not that well enforced. So there's, there's a lot of issues there as well to be decided. Um, there's issues of legal off-duty conduct. Uh, California and a number of other states protect legal off-duty conduct, and an employer needs to be very careful about considering legal off-duty conduct unless it truly impacts the business. Uh, there's also the issue of if a third party does the search, it clearly falls under the Fair Credit Reporting Act. Right. And, and the big issue that, that we have is is authenticity and accuracy. So if an employer goes onto a website and they find something that they think that is about you or you said, how do they know it's really you? There's a, a new phenomenon called cyber slamming where people yes. will create a blog or, or entries and make it look like it's you, and it really isn't. So there's a lot of danger there for employers and for applicants. So you know, our advice for job applicants, of course, is, is you know, don't be the last to know what people would find online about you. Be proactive. Control your online identity. If you don't want an employer poking about uh, your Facebook page or your, your, your private blog or whatever it is you're doing, then set the privacy settings so it can't be penetrated. <laughs> Um, and there's actually some applicants who actually uh, go on the offensive and create Facebook pages they want employers to find. They use it as a, as a recruiting tool or a job tool. So uh, everyone needs to be really careful in this, in this brave new world of the online world. The problem is that 
There's no current court cases directly on point. The the only federal law on point goes back to 1986, the Stored Communications Act, not really helpful in the new Internet age. And so we tell employers to be very careful. Our, our advice to employers is that if you do feel compelled to go online, do it late as late in the process as possible so that every applicant is being considered on an even playing field and fairly without reference to what's on the Internet. And whoever is doing that Internet search uh, should not be the person making a hiring decision. It should be someone else who's filtering out the information. Now, from the employer's point of view, there's been cases, for example, where an Internet search would have revealed someone was a potential child molester. And in that case, the argument is, well, why aren't employers being more active? Right. On the other side of the coin is that employers can invade privacy. So, again, you have this, this, the, these two forces that, uh, uh, that, that are, are working here. The, uh, the, we have privacy uh, interest on one hand and security on the other, and that line is continually being drawn. Exactly. What about um, past criminal records? That, you know, if somebody, you know, do they have a right to rehabilitate themselves? Let's say they had a criminal record 15, 20 years ago, and they've rehabilitated. What about that? It's well, the- yeah, that's an interesting area. And in fact, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission out of Washington, uh, the federal agency charged with enforcing Title VII, uh, is looking at that as we speak. And we expect sometime uh, in 2012 for the EEOC to come up with some new rules. So the EEOC tells us to be very careful with criminal records. And For example, on every application you'll see, they'll ask about a criminal record, and then there will be language that says a criminal record does not automatically disqualify one from a job. And again, it's a matter of balance. Um, California happens to be what's called a seven-year state, which means older criminal records aren't considered. So there is a chance, you know, for basically what, you know, the second, what we call a second chance, and there's a, a second chance movement of folks out there that, that want to give ex-offenders a chance, and there's this whole idea of ban the box. And that makes a lot of sense, because if, if people with criminal records cannot get a job, they can never become tax-paying, law-abiding citizens. Instead, there will be a, recid- a recidivist figure. And, and, and as a society, we can't build more prisons than, than schools or hospitals. So... We've got to give everyone a chance. And our approach is that there's a job for everybody, but not everyone is appropriate for every job. And, and we're pretty, you know, we, as a background screening industry, we're not the job police. Uh, we are merely trying to help employers put the right person in the right job uh, and, and understanding that uh, an ex-offender needs a job as, as much as anyone. In fact, as taxpayers, we want ex-offenders to get back employed. Uh, so we, we don't have to spend more money on police and jails and we do social services and education. On the other hand, I've been an expert witness in cases where an inappropriate person was hired and given the keys to a person's house or their apartment resulting in horrific things, child molestation, mm. murder, rape, sodomy, uh, oh, just, uh, the li- just the list goes on. And these were situations where uh, employers did not do adequate or proper due diligence for any and and then you uh, you find these horrible things occur. So uh, again, there's no one right answer. On one hand, we want everyone to have a job, and on the other hand, we want everyone to be safe. And so we try and, uh, as a society, we try and draw that balance. As a background screening firm, of course, uh, we are regulated by numerous state laws, and uh, in terms of what can and cannot be reported. And there's uh, in California, if a person has. Uh, uh, had a misdemeanor set aside or, or is un, uh, some sort of delayed entry of judgment or diversion program, 
Uh, there's limitations on reporting that sort of information. And so there's no perfect answer. Um, the, the one thing that we do all agree on is that we need to be accurate in the information. And, and I think that's an area that uh, is of interest because there are some uh, firms and Internet sites that sell database uh, data directly to employers, and uh, that's where the, the real danger is. Oh, yeah. Unless I, I have to tell you, from my perspective, I've had a lot of victims of identity theft and merge files that have um, been the uh, the victim of some terrible background check companies. So that's why it's such a thrill to be talking to you, because I know that you follow the law. I know that you're ethical, and that is just such a uh, a pleasure to talk to you, because, you know, this is a, a real, I, I recommend background checks and I think it's important, but I think that it has to be done fairly to protect privacy and to protect dignity of people as well. So we are out of time, but you are wonderful. Why don't you just give your website again, and we'll have you back again. Well, thank you. And for more information about our company and uh, what we do and about background checking, we are at www.esrcheck.com. And uh, Mari, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Okay. We will talk to you again soon. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank, host. Join us every Monday morning at 8 a.m. and visit our website at KUCI.org slash privacy piracy. There you can see our upcoming guests. You can download podcasts. You can listen to archived interviews right there. And you can write us emails about what's important to you in the information age. Thanks for joining us and talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Stay private. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.